All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Crutchler. Today we're going to be talking about what is a heart-centered lifestyle. And this is a great question. Um, and I can't wait to get into that with our guest speaker. Today's episode has been sponsored by HeartQ. If you're ready to unlock the keys to self-mastery and access your fullest potential with Chris, our guest speaker today, please go and check out what they have to offer you link in the description. And at any point in this episode or during the replay, you want to connect with either myself or Chris, please do so. Our links are in the description. On top of that, if you want to be a guest speaker, join us, get involved, message me, um, like, follow, and share, and join in the conversation. That's what the show is all about, giving you something to talk about. So join in the conversation. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. My name is Chris Agafi. And uh, as, as you mentioned, I am uh, part of HeartQ. I've created HeartQ together with my wife. Um, and I'm a heart intelligence coach. So, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, just to kind of give you a little bit of a, a background on, on HeartQ, you know, we've, uh, we've all heard of um, IQ, you know, cognitive intelligence and EQ, emotional intelligence. And, you know, HeartQ is all about heart intelligence, right? So it's all about connecting with our heart and, and living life from that place, you know, showing up to the world from that heart-centered space. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. When you and I were talking, it was just like, yes, you and your wife are doing amazing things. Again, anybody watching, please go check out Chris and his wife. Um, eventually, hopefully we'll have your wife on the show to do an episode herself. But until then, let's enjoy our time together. All right. So you and I were talking about a heart-centered lifestyle. Now, it's interesting so for anybody watching or catching the replay, I, I question you, what do you feel like a heart-centered lifestyle is? Do you, do you feel like it's easy? Do you feel like it's hard? What do you feel a heart-centered lifestyle means for you? And is it something you can achieve? Now, I think that would be one of the main questions people ask when they think of a heart-centered lifestyle. Is it easy to achieve? Is it something that I can actually do, right? We get so caught up. Sorry, um, something is just absolutely poking my neck and... Well, you got to get rid of it. So. I am ripping it off right now. <laughs> if I can. There we go. Okay. See, tags. Ignore tags. They don't work very well. Okay. Um, so what do you think? Do you think uh, creating a heart-centered lifestyle, do you think that that is, you know, easy mm -hmm. to mm. That's such a great question, Melissa. And, you know, the, the, the truth is this. This is, this is my, my take on it. Yes. It is easy and it is not simple. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yes, it's easy. You know, once you, you kind of um, understand what it is and, you know, and how to get there, it's easy. But however, there is a journey, right? There is a journey to, 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 to the heart, from the mind to the heart. And um, it's not always simple. Well, you know, a lot of times people ask us, like, how, ask me, you know, like, how, how do I connect to the heart? And that question is what I like to say, the way I like to say it is that it starts from a no, right? A lot of times we start from a yes, or we start from a no. Um, when we start from a yes, then it's easy. It's like, yes, it is what it is. And then I'm just connecting with that. But when we start from a no, now there is an 
everything that needs to happen for us to get to a yes. So what do I mean by that? When uh, people ask, you know, how do we connect to our heart? The, the inherent uh, presupposition is that we are not connected to our heart and we need to do something in order to connect to our heart, right? And so that's, that's where the efforting, that's why I'm saying, yes, it's easy, but it's not always simple, right? So yes, um, how do we connect to our heart? Well, my answer is this, we are always connected to our heart. The thing that makes us, you know, that tricks us, if you want, into believing that we are not connected to our heart is our uh, conditioned patterns. All the layers that we have added on top of our heart connection throughout the years, you know, growing up, well, you know, from ever since we were children, right? All those layers made us, made us actually go more into our mind. So now we are experiencing life from the mind, which nothing wrong with that, by the way. We'll talk more about the, the, the importance of the mind because, it, you know, it's very, very important. But, you know, having all these layers of, of conditioning um, is what gets in the way of us feeling connected to our heart, recognizing our connection to our heart. But we are always connected to our heart, always. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give some examples. Um, so I grow up, I grew up where I am, uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. I am in, you know, some people, I love Manitoba. I love where I live. I love, I, I'm proud of where I come from. But there are people who call Winnipeg the slums of Canada because <laughs> we are, you know, one of the, um, we're the myrtle capital of Canada. We are, there's a lot of negative connotation to where we live. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of diversity in Manitoba. And growing up, you can talk about, you know, racism. And everything, you know, it's even here in Canada. It's not just in the U.S. or anywhere else. And when you're conditioned in a family lifestyle where, you know, there's prejudices and there's judgment. And my family was so judgmental, so prejudiced against everybody. Um, and I grew up and I'm like, no, no. Right. I was I've always been very heart centered and connected to my heart. And so everybody telling me that, you know, or making comments about somebody or, or a race or a gender or whatever. And I'm just sitting here going, no, no. Right. But you do get that conditioning when you're, you, when you grow up in a household or a location or an environment where that is rampant or, you know, religion, you've got religion, you've got race, you've got sexual orientation, you've got all of these societal expectations and cultural and family expectations and you look inside yourself and go is this me is this me or is this somebody else right and for me that's part of that that heart-centered lifestyle is knowing the difference between whether that's in your heart or whether somebody else has told you that's what it, what's in your heart. So I'm an identity coach, if anybody's wondering. So I add all of that. I add the mindset, the emotional, the mental, the physical, the heart, the spiritual. I add all of that together to form, your, like to reconnect your identity. And your heart is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. It is a huge part of that. So I love the fact that you and your wife are doing that. <laughs> Just a side swipe on that one. Um but it is, we, we are, we're culturally taught that, you know, 
I'm a woman. We're culturally taught different things. Men are taught, you know, not to share emotions or be emotional or, you know, be in their feminine energy at all. And girls or women are taught, hey, you're supposed to be emotional. So when you throw a fit, the first thing somebody's going to tell you is, are you on your period? Right. Mm -hmm. Is that that time of the month? Right. That's the conditioning that I think messes with your heart centered lifestyle and messes with your heart more than anything is what everybody else puts on you. Yeah, no, that's so, so true. And, you know, everything you said is absolutely so accurate because ever since we are born, we, everyone that around us, like, you know, uh, family caretakers, uh, teachers in school or society at large, they all tell us some version of what they believe to be true for themselves, right? And then they impose that on us. They say, this is the way it is. And these are just um, social constructs, mental constructs. It's just things that a group of people have agreed that, yes, this may be true. But it's, is it really? Is it really true? You know? So this is the, you know, the condition that we are talking about is that is those stories that other people have told you and you just believed you chose to believe right and and um you know i i like to say that these are boxes these are just you know if you believe something let's say you know you're part of a a um i don't know uh let's say a religion or or some sort of a social group that believes specific um dogma or something right you are in a box and how amazing would it be because in a box it's a very small usually it's a very small box and you have to live uh, making decisions inside that box because God forbid you go outside the box and be judged and, and be pointed to and maybe even be uh, marginalized, right? Ostracized. And ostracized, exactly. So actually, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that because it's so important. Um, we kind of talked about this uh, in, a, in a previous conversation about the, the core questions that we ask ourselves that drive all our behavior, right? And so... You know, we tend to stay in this small box, but how amazing would it be to um, move beyond the box, get outside the box, and then live life in between the boxes, and then just peek in and say, hmm, what does this box have to offer? Is there anything, well, okay, I have to be careful with this because I was going to say, is there anything good, you know, uh, but that's a judgment, and I've learned to, to, not live my life based on the you know good bad uh right or wrong rather uh ask is it is it empowering or disempowering is it inspiring or uninspiring i feel like that's more empowering to to ask those questions but you know look in the box and say is there anything in here that inspires me that inspires me to be a better person to live a better life if there is perfect Take that. Don't go in the box. Take that and then live your own life in between the boxes. Leave the rest out, right? So um, I, I do want to touch a little bit of what I just said about, on, on the questions because that is so important. This is, the, this is the reason why we keep staying. It's funny. Nobody keeps us in the box. We stay in the box. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. We choose to do that. Um and so the reason for that is the, um, the core questions that we ask ourselves. And uh, the core questions, there are two core questions that we ask ourselves. And these are unconscious and constant. And these are evolutionary. They, these have evolved over millennia. And we ask ourselves these two questions over and over again. But it's, so, it's buried so deep in our psyche 
that it doesn't even uh, rise to the surface of the inner voice. So we're not even vocalizing these questions. We just live life, having our inner chatter, but not vocalizing these two questions. What are these two questions? Number one, am I safe and do I belong? And the second question is very closely attached to the first one because if I belong, then I'm safe, right? And so, you know, think about, uh, you know, thousands of years ago when the first social structure started forming, you know, before that man used to, you know, live in, in the wild. And so being in the wild by themselves, it was a very, um, you know, short, brutish and, uh, you know, dangerous life, right? So um, uh, in order to protect ourselves from, from outside dangers, animals or, or other, other people, we form social groups. Social groups uh, offer, among other things, safety, right? So as long as we are in a social group, we are safe. So belonging to a, a group, we are safe, right? So now, you know, fast forward, um, you know, to, to today's world, we still ask ourselves the same question, even though the, the dangers, you know, we, we're not facing a a lion or a bear every day. Or dinosaur or anything. Or a dinosaur. Or, right, exactly, right? Instead, we are facing our spouse <laughs> or our child, which even that can trigger in us um, this the nervous system and, and ask ourselves, again, very subconsciously, am I safe? You know, am I safe? Am I do I do I belong? So having these two questions running our life all the time behind the scenes. Um, is what keeps us stuck in the box, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, you know, Carl Jung used to say that until you make the conscious conscious, it will direct your life. No, wait. The, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. How many of us say, well, you know, this is just my life. It, it is what it is. I'm stuck in here and, you know, this is, this is my, my fate. Well, it's not. It's not, it's the only, the only reason we say that is because we believe we are powerless. We believe we don't have the power to, to get outside the box. And so having this conscious awareness, and I would also say, and conscious awareness is just one piece of it, but also coming back into our heart and living a heart-centered life, living intentionally and heart-centered is what's going to, you know, um, have us, you know, float out of the box. Um, I like to think it's perceptual, right? I'm very much into um, individualistic perceptions and ideals and beliefs and being able to accept, love and honor other people, even when they have differing beliefs, right? Um, the fear there of not being safe, that is an exceptionally valid point, because if you're not in a clique or a social circle, if you're not in a club or a group or something, you feel, you feel ostracized, right? And you feel alone and vulnerable and, you know, unempowered or uninspired. Um, the out-of-the-box thinking, I absolutely love that because we do that all the time, right? It, everybody does that. They think in this little, little bitty tiny box. And there's, there's a whole world going on outside of that box. And you can use that in any aspect of your life. You were talking about when we were kids. And I love that you mentioned that I created what I call the seven mindset pillars. And it is a mindset um, system that we all create. 
So in every person's life, there are seven main categories. There is yourself. There are your romantic relationships, your friends, your family, your spirituality, whether you're spiritual, atheist, doesn't matter. It's still there. Um, your career or business and your finances. We have these seven most important aspects of our life. And as from the day we're born, we start to create beliefs. And those beliefs are directly related to our peers, our teachers, our parents, our environment, all of these things, right? And then we get to be older. And we start to live our lives based on those beliefs. When trauma comes or unalignment comes, we're, those beliefs are being challenged. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now you get to a point, and this is where I ask that question of, is it easy? <laughs> and we said, it's easy, but not simple, is asking yourself, Kate, okay, is this my belief? Is this my box? Did I put myself in this box or did somebody else, right? Um, what people's opinions of you put you in a box. When you limit yourself, you put yourself in a box. And, you know, if you if you grow up in a religious household that says you have to marry somebody in a specific religion or a specific race or what have you, because we've all seen it. And then all of a sudden, this amazing person comes into your life and you have to walk away or not even consider that person because they're not in that box. You're limiting yourself. And that's where we cause a lot of our struggles, a lot of our strife, a lot of our everything that goes on. Now, one of the points that I wanted to make about a heart-centered lifestyle is it's not all sunshine, rainbows, and positivity. That is not how it's meant to go. I am just like Chris and his wife. I have a very positive mindset. I have a very heart-centered lifestyle. But I... Pardon my language, shit goes down. <laughs> it goes down. And it happens, but that's that's our, our purpose of life. People want to know the meaning of life. The meaning of life is to experience. And when we experience, we're we're guaranteed to experience negativity. We're guaranteed to experience trauma and le life lessons, as you want to call them. It's how we embrace them, it's how we acknowledge them, it's how we learn from them, grow from them, and take what we need from them to be better versions of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I love about looking into that box and saying, does it inspire me? Does it empower me? Because those are very big questions. Yeah. No, Melissa, my God, you mentioned some things that are so powerful and so, so true. A friend, um, a very good friend of mine. Uh, we're the same age. Um, and, you know, he, he is part of a, um, an ethnic group, right? So um, a very tight-knit ethnic group. So part of their belief in this ethnic group is that they have to marry uh, inside the ethnic group, right? They have to marry someone of the same ethnicity. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, my friend, who's, who's a guy, his, you know, he wanted to make his parents proud of him. He wanted to feel loved and to be accepted by his parents, right? And so he had, he made this internal decision uh, unconsciously that he will do that. He will make his parents happy and proud and he will marry. However, leaving aside the fact that, that what are the chances of you in a small group, in a small ethnic group, right? What are the chances of you really meeting your soulmate? The, num the, the, the odds are pretty small, right? 
not impossible, but it's pretty small. However, you know, just living your life, trying to always look for that person that would fit somebody else's criteria. What happened is that every any time he met um, um, a partner that he felt close to, he really loved her, for example, right? It always ended up in, 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 in a breakup because he knew there was a clear mindset in him in his mind that, that it will never go to fruition. It will never happen because he would have to find someone from his ethnic group. Fast forward, um, his life passed by him. He never met the person of his dreams. Well, he met it, but he met her many times probably, but let her go, right? So what happens when we live by other people's expectations, by our, what, what others want from us, when we're trying to fulfill other people's dreams, we waste hours. We'll waste our life, right? And so um, that that is, is, you know, it's sad. It's sad. And it's true that, um, you know, you, yes, it's not always easy. Yes, there is pain. There is, you know, negative negativity and all of these things. And I found that um, we have, as human beings, we have an aversion and I can understand it, intellectually I understand it, evolutionary speaking. We have an aversion to pain. We have an aversion to emotional pain, right? Why did he not uh, go against the desires of his parents? And, you know, because he would feel emotional pain. He would not be, you know, he'll be criticized. He would not be loved and so on. And so he would have that emotional pain. So that's one example. But in general speaking, we have an aversion to having uh, to having some kind of a emotional discomfort and what we say in in what we promote in heart cue and in this heart centered uh, lifestyle is that there again there is no good or bad there is no positive thinking and and negative thinking yes of course you could see it that way however okay. how would it be it's it, yeah sure it's well we like to say is it is it constrictive does it constrict you or is it expansive right so that's kind of how we, we make that judgment, like, you know, and so, but even a negative feeling, what we call negative, is it bad? Well, is I it really heavy now? Hmm? I've called, I've started calling them heavy, heavy. Yeah. The, but, the positive are light, right? Like mm -hmm. they're very light and they're not, yes. they're not draining. Then you get these heavy negative emotions, right? right. They're heavy on your body. Like they're mm -hmm. just, they're heavy. Yeah. However, they're also part of the human experience exactly. that's where the beauty comes in yeah. we have again th this aversion to to the heavy feelings so we resist them when we resist them we experience more emotional pain first of all simply by resisting them we hang on to them we attach ourselves to them to, we at, it's, it's ironic right but we attach ourselves to the things that we do not want like a volcano and, right, right exactly and we experience more and more pain because we perceive it as pain However, coming back into the, the heart-centered way of life, how would it be to simply accept it? Simply accept it. Say, this is what life gifted me. There is a reason that life gifted me this. And it means that I am ready to experience this and I will become a better person by going through this experience. And then simply allow, this is the, the easy part or, or the you know, simple or it maybe sometimes it's simple but not easy. 
So how would it be to just allow yourself to feel, you know, whatever heaviness that you are feeling, that, that you are experiencing, allow it to feel. When you, allow, when, you feel your, when you allow yourself to feel it, you allow it to pass through you. And what remains is the lessons and the wisdom, right? Any trauma is a, 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 or a, a negative experience or a trauma as long as we do as, as long as we resist the lessons that it has to teach us it becomes once cyclical we, yeah yeah mm-hmm. once we allow it to we open ourselves up to it and ask the question again i mentioned the questions earlier what i didn't say is that part of the um, heart-centered way of living is to ask intentionally empowering questions. So when we are experiencing something that's heavy uh, or that you know tr- you know uh, historically we will resist, we ask we 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 ask intentional questions and empowering ones, such as, "Hmm, what is this here to teach me? What is my lesson in here?" Mm-hmm. You know, and then show up with curiosity. What do I mean by that? Expect first of all a positive outcome. The, the, the reason we resist is because we expect a negative outcome. We expect that it's going to be more pain down the road. Well, it's not actually. We are becoming better with every experience. So expect a positive outcome. Expect you being better and become curious, almost like this childlike, childlike curiosity. And just say, gosh, I wonder how I'm going to change for the better because I'm going through this experience. Yeah. Yeah, We did an episode on Monday, I believe, Monday or Tuesday, we did an episode and it was, who am I in this moment? Mm. Or who are you in this moment? And that's what it was all about, right? Is when you're high stress or um, negativity or trauma or anything that you're experiencing that's very constrictive or heavy, ask yourself who you are in that moment, right? And and I created another method because I love my methodology. Mm-hmm. Um, I created the rockstar method and that's start to finish helping you with those heavy emotions, right. And letting yourself feel them. There are too many people in society today, in humanity today that don't allow themselves to feel. Oh, so true. And it's, that does you more harm and more damage than any trauma is not allowing yourself to heal, acknowledge and process what it is that you've experienced. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, I love, I love this question. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Uh, we ask ourselves this question all the time, like, you know, especially in the harder and more challenging moments, like, you know, who am I? Because again, when we are experiencing those heavy experiences, we tend to leave ourselves. We've, we've been trained to leave our heart, go into our mind and start strategizing. How am I going to deal with this? So we leave ourselves, we leak energy. Mm-hmm. When we ask, who am I? I'm coming back. I'm pulling back all the energy back to me. But um, for those of you, for your listeners who actually want to go uh, even deeper with this question, um, because if when you ask, who am I? You might come up with, um, <laughs> it's funny, like the labels that you pull from your back. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. So the labels that, yeah, yeah, oh. see? That that did not that was a synchronicity. It didn't happen just randomly. No, I love it because that's yeah. I, I I'm I'm stop you before you continue. I wholehearted hundred percent agree with what you're about to say. So please continue. Yeah. So you know we come up with, when we ask who am I? If we just stay at the superficial level, then we're gonna come up with all these labels. 
okay, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a mother, I'm a this, I'm a that, whatever, right? And we are trying to find our self-esteem in those labels and thinking, thinking, believing, sorry? Our identity. Our identity, exactly, exactly. But, you know, if you were to go be, be, below, you know, beyond this level and ask, who am I? I being the person who's asking the question. So who am I asking, who am I? Now we are going into the deeper I, you know, that, that heart-centered I without all the, the, the labels and everything that has been imposed on us that we believe all the stories that others have told, told uh, you know, said to us and we believed, right? We go below that. And so, you know, I, I, and, and from that place, I'm being reminded right now of this, gosh, I don't remember his, um, some, some, you know, really old, like a thousand year old uh, wise man, you know, said something, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he was talking to someone else, and um, and he was saying, you know, to you, um, life starts and then ends. To me, life appears and this and disappears. Right. So why is that powerful? Because when uh, when life when you believe that life starts and ends, it means that your life happens only between those two points. But when you say life to me, life appears and disappears, my life is before that starting point and after that ending point. My life continues and the starting and ending is just one experience. Mm -hmm. So how does this, this concept applied practically in everyday life? A lot of times something heavy, like you said, happens to us and that has a starting point and we believe it has an ending point. We, we, we're looking forward to the ending point, right? But it's between these two points. And our entire existence happens between these two points. And there's so much struggle and strife between these two points. Because we, again, we're resisting it. We are resisting it. How would it be to say, I, I, who am I? I am. And then this thing, what we call heavy, Start starts and then it will end, but it is it is at a you know it is not at the at the, at the deeper level of the eye. It's just at the experience level, and it will start and it will end. I am not touched. I'm not affected by this, and of course, the way that we are not affected is by feeling. It's it's ironic. It's by letting it pass through us, mm -hmm. not resisting it. My, my own husband is not there yet, love <laughs> um, but he doesn't understand how I do it. Like, and I'm obviously teaching your partner does not work. Uh, just for anybody wondering, teaching your loved ones and your friends does not work because they don't listen. <laughs> no. um, but I'm an identity expert, right? So everything you're saying is absolutely music to my ears because mm -hmm. that is exactly what we do. We get caught up in all of these roles, all of these titles. And for anybody listening, you love those roles and titles. I love being a wife. I love being a mother. And it is a vital part of my life, but it is not who I am. I am Melissa. I am a crazy cat lady. I love my animals. We were talking about one of them right before the episode. 
I fiercely love my children and I will be vindictive and volatile if you come at me or my family. I'm just, that's, that's who I am at my core. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing right with that. That's who I am. And when you have the confidence and the ability to know who you are, no matter what happens in your life, it doesn't, it doesn't bring you down. It doesn't impact you. There are days that I feel down. There are days where I need a reset where I'm just like, I am not getting out of bed today. I am reading all day. All of you just take care of yourself. But that's, again, how many of us actually do that? Heart-centered lifestylers do that because we know that we come first. We know that we have to come first. There's so many points to this. And I absolutely, we could go on talking for days, for hours, all of it. Um, And I I, I do want to say a point, though, about the relationship, because I think it's so important. You mentioned the, 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 the relationship. Um, of course, I'm in a relationship. I've been with my wife for 20 years and it hasn't always been easy. You know, we haven't always lived a heart-centered lifestyle. And, you know, it, it definitely is easier when, when we do live a heart-centered lifestyle, uh, but not always, right? And what we've learned in our years of, of being together, of our own life experience, is to, um, you know, just like certain things have been imposed on us, and have been taught to us, and now we've adopted those, and we believe those to be the truth. Now, unconsciously, we want to do the same to our partner, right? So we used to do that to our. To, I'm going to teach you how this is going to be, or I'm teaching you how it's best to be, and all these things. What we've learned to do is to take a step back, let that go, take a step back, and change the word inspire. Again, language is so important, so powerful. Change the word, the word, uh, let's say, uh, teach or, you know, uh, because you say teach, the other feels it as control. So it's, yeah, exactly, right? So change the word teach, for example, with inspire. Well, now when you say inspire, you're focusing back on yourself and you say, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to live my life in the most authentic way possible. And that is what heart-centered lifestyle is, living your life authentically. And then, amazing if somebody is inspired by me. Yeah. So, especially in relationships, that is so, so important. And I'm I'm not talking just about romantic relationships, also with children. Yep, any, absolutely. You have to allow people to be their own person. Um, I remember a situation last week, my, our youngest daughter was in the hospital last week and my husband and I were sitting there and he was really irritated with something that they, that they had done or, or their process, right? My husband's, um, should be a business analyst, (laughs) an operations analyst, but isn't right now. Um, and he did something and I, I turned to him and I was like, do you have any idea how much in awe and how proud I am of you? for what you just did. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, you just walked into the hospital and within five minutes, you are, were already analyzing their business practices and already came up with a solution to make it easier and flow better. I said, like, who does that? Like, who does that? Right. And it was, it was not a pressure. It was not a, it was, you know, wow. Like just, pointing out his genius he might not believe he's got that genius but if I pointed out as an inspire right like a wow right and and even I felt it after I was like wow he actually heard me that time yeah (laughs) which made a huge difference and and it is kids 
children as, as parents, children have it so hard and people don't realize that as parents, we forget, we forget how hard it is to be a kid and how hard, (coughs) excuse me, how hard it is when we hit our, you know, Mm preteens, we're just trying to figure out who we are. Exactly. Yeah. We're just trying to find our identity, our authenticity. Mm -hmm. And then of course, parents and teachers and peers tell us and social media, I will add, because I also have teenagers. So, uh, you know, they they tell the the kids who they should be. Their identity is shaped. Mm -hmm. I do want to recognize you though, Melissa, because you did something that is so powerful. And this is why I love working with men. Uh, I work with with men and women, but specifically men, because you know men we've we've been taught to be tough and to not express and to take it, you know, just kind of like hold it in and and you know be tough. And um, we, be, be, you know, part of that we are also not receiving. We're not receiving uh, the recognition that we do deserve, right? And and you saying that those words to your husband, you know, it is so empowering because you recognized him. It gives him, him I, I get it, what you're saying. He may not believe it himself in the moment, but yes, say it many times. He will also start to believe it. And this is valid for, again, partner, romantic partners, kids, anyone in, on this earth, right? Reminding them who they are, seeing the greatness, seeing the light, and then remind them who they are is what it is a way that we can inspire people to break outside of their story, you know, and see themselves as who they truly are, you know. I love that. And and I think we should start a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Start a movement of, you know, when you see somebody else's value, not the value you value, but when you see somebody else expressing their value, expressing their genius, expressing themselves, share that. Oh. Tell them. That's amazing, right? If my my eight-year-old daughter is a is a full-out artist. I don't know how she does it. Um, I draw stick figures and flowers. My husband's a good artist, my my other daughter's a good artist, but my youngest, wow. And, you know, all the time I'm like, you are so talented, mm-hmm. right? And every day she comes up, if I like it or don't like it, I don't care. Every day she comes up, shows me some picture and I'm just like, oh my goodness, right? And yeah. even though I'm still blown away at her, at her talent, at her, at her creativity. And we don't do that enough. Society today is all about breaking each other down, build each other up. Absolutely. And, and inspire people to, to feel, because again, this is how we, when we feel, we identify with that that is being shared with us. When we don't, when we, um, if you tell your husband or someone that, oh, you are so great, but they don't believe it. It's not them that don't believe it. It's their mind. It's the story that they've created about themselves that resists this, you know, whatever you're saying to them. But if you can, you know, um, crack through that, you know, and go deeper and get them to feel their own greatness, that's the true embodiment. That's when they actually connect with their heart. You know, I, I, um, I, I, well, I joke about this. I say it in a funny way, but it's actually very true. And um, I kind of pride myself with it. But 
one time I made uh, in the span of 30 minutes, I made 30 men cry. And in a very honest and authentic way, uh, I was at a men's group uh, and, you know, men's groups are uh, men's retreat. So a uh, weekend men's retreat. And uh, they're, you know, part of it is like this kind of like um, more of a tough identity, right? And that. yeah, and it's, it's great. It's like this warrior identity and it's beautiful. Um, and the feeling part. So at the end of this whole retreat, uh, they had this amazing process where we all sat in a circle and then uh, we, uh, uh, the, we, we turned to the left of the person next to us once the person started and then looked in their eyes and then passed on to the next one oh, and said, thank you. And then passed on to the next person. And then we just, the whole circle kind of wrapped around. That way we got a chance to speak to face 30 men. I got a chance to face 30 men. And just kind of came to me like, I, you know, I want to say, I want to, I don't want to just say thank you. I want to say something that I see in them, that I recognize, and that is powerful, that, that empowers them. So for every man, because I had a chance to spend time with them for like a whole weekend, I saw something and I shared it in a very honest and authentic way. All, all 30 of them cried every time I shared it, because they also reckon, I mean, they were open by the end of the weekend, everybody was open, right? So they allowed themselves to feel the truth of the greatness that I was sharing about them. And the feeling part is what creates the new identity. If you're still in the mind, that's story, that's story. But if you drop into your heart and you feel God, that's where the embodiment happens. That's where the true identity is being formed. Yeah, yeah, I hardly agree. You and I could talk about these topics for hours, yes. but unfortunately, not today. So we definitely are going to have to get back on another episode very soon. Um, if anybody would like to connect with Chris yes. or myself, please, please do so. Links in the description. Don't forget, Chris's offers are in the description of this episode. Um, go and check him out male or female, go and check them out. You deserve a heart-centered lifestyle. Go and check them out. All right. Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we get going? Mm. Um, I would say uh, live intentionally and ask powerful, empowering questions, empowering and inspiring questions, but most importantly, live intentionally from yeah. the heart. Most important question, who am I? Who am I? Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you all for joining me for today's episode. Tomorrow's episode is all about how to be yourself. So go and check that out. That is a great follow-up to this episode. Um, if you'd like to be a guest speaker, guest blogger, or if you'd like to see a topic featured, please reach out to us at the show. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, you're more than welcome to. Again, just a live TV. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler, always showing you some love, happiness, light, Make sure that you like, follow, and share. And I will see all of you on the next episode. Bye.